Welcome to Heart Speak Podcast, episode 282, The Path to Spiritual Transformation. Welcome to the Heart Speak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're on the world. It's good to be back with you, and it's good to be back home after a wonderful trip to both Singapore and Cambodia. You can hear I have lost a little bit of my voice. I'm not very good with being in AC 24-7, and that always affects me a little bit. So I'm just moving forward from coming back into what I consider natural air. But it was a wonderful trip, loved it all. And I'm sure I'll be sharing more of it during my Earth Mysteries and what I discovered when we went to Angkor Wat. And I don't know if you've been to Singapore. Singapore is an island and it's a city in its own right. And I was there 40 years ago, as was Leland, and visited just a small part. He was there for two years. But certainly it has changed. It's modernized. and, And we went to many of the places that he remembered And boy, had they changed. And I have to say, you know you're old when you start to say, when we were here 40 years ago, and realize that most of the people you're speaking to aren't actually alive 40 years ago, and that they're much more part of the modern society. It's a a great culture because they've integrated so many different religions. And I was enjoying going to Chinatown, And at the end of Chinatown is a street where there is a magnificent temple to Hinduism and then to Muslims, where it just feels that everything was integrated. And there was no problem where you would see so many different groups coming together in one place. And when I was there, they have and are known for their rather uh, strict rules about minor offenses, which in the country I live in, many people are just let off with these minor offenses. Here, there's a a seven-year imprisonment or, or a fine. But they also have, because of that, respect for other people and acknowledging other people. And across their subway, their metro, they have signs saying, Please be courteous. Please be kind. Not every illness is seen and visible. If someone says they need to sit down, let them sit down. Well, I don't think I've ever had a place where (laughs) I was offered a seat so many times, making me feel really old (laughs) and showing that probably I needed to actually be able to sit down. But it was all done in very good grace, and I'm very grateful to have been there. We had wonderful food, wonderful accommodation, and certainly enjoyed the outside life that they have, where even though it rains, it rains very heavily, then it's bright again. And then we took a side journey to Cambodia, specifically to see Angkor Wat. And I'd read about Angkor Wat for many years, certainly through the writings of Graham Hancock. And he was there in 1996, which 
I now discover really was just the end of their civil war. They had a civil war for 20 years, probably from even 1973, where Pol Pot was in control. Terrible things happened then. And then it went on into a civil war for another 15 years after that. And they obviously have expanded a lot since the mid-90s and are now a very different culture. But where we went into a CM rep is the place where Anchor Wat is, and they have just built a brand new airport, which is now open, which is about maybe 20 miles outside the Anchor Wat temple sites, and obviously is looking to uh, bring many more tourists into this area. It hadn't lost its pleasure. It was still a wonderful place to go, and the people are charming, and that will never change. So we had a very good guide who, I will say, allowed me to say, okay, this is where I want to go and what I want to see, because there were things that Graham Hancock had written about that were really important to me. And I'm going to present more of that during a one of my Earth Mysteries videos. But for this podcast, I just want to talk about one aspect that I saw, which I had written about in my first 2012 book, and then again in the Great Mother book that I've written. And this is the churning of the sea of milk. And this is such a great Hindu story that whenever I read about it, which was now almost 20 years ago, I felt this was telling us about the path of transformation. So it starts off by saying that the what they call the divas, the gods, the good, what they consider the good guys, and the azuras, who they consider the demons, that's how the translation is, were always warring. And I thought, well, there you go. Whether the warring is outside me or inside me, <laughs> those wars are constantly going on. And Devas said to Vishnu, the great Vishnu, hey, we're fed up of warring. Help us. So Vishnu said, you need to come to terms with the fact you need the Azuras to actually bring peace. So the first part of this journey is really saying is, until we balance our duality, our masculine, feminine, until we balance our good and our bad, until we balance and meet both sides, we will never experience eternal life, transformation, immortality enlightenment. And that's, of course, a, a part where most people say, well, I really love living in the light, but no, I don't want to go to the dark. And it's not even living all the time in the dark. It's bringing the two together in what we may consider the form that we call the Taurus, T-O-R-U-S, the bringing together two different sides to create this eternal wheel, this eternal energy. So Vishnu says, okay, here's the, the ocean of possibilities, also called the milk, <laughs> the sea of milk. And in that sea of milk is what I consider the one thing. It's called the one thing, the, 
the, the all and everything and the no thing. So here is the potential for everything. That's what the sea represents, the oceans represent in every culture of creation stories. And interesting in the images that I saw on the walls of Angkor Wat are actually fish in this sea, but also crocodiles and hippopotamus, which are actually also seen in the Egyptian culture as creatures of creation. Now in that same sea were uh, sea serpents. So again, a lot of different cultures see the hippopotamus, the crocodile, the serpent as creatures that bring creative power, or you could say hold that creative power. So here you have the sea, and in the sea is the potential for anything. We call it maybe our imagination. It's everything's possible and nothing as yet has been defined. And then Vishnu says, okay, we're going to bring out of that sea the creative energy and the potential, your own inner potential. We call it spiritual transformation. So we are not just nothing. We are transforming ourselves into our, the image, the effect of our higher mind. I am becoming my incarnation. So what he does is he winds Vasuki, who is the serpent or the Naga, around the mountain, the Mandara. And Mandara means single purpose, single line, mind, being present. So he winds the, the, the Naga, the serpent, around here, and he says, okay, there need to be so many divas and so many azuras who are going to pull on this serpent, we'll call it, and by pulling alternately, you're going to churn the sea up, <laughs> churn up the sea, and you're going to bring out of the sea what it is that you want to bring into existence as a spiritual human being. So he's really saying, once again, you can't do this on your own. The divas on their own need to use the power of the Azuras to do the churning, alternate churning. And I love that. Now, just to say, on the bridge that goes to Angkor Tom, which is another of the temples there, there are 54 Azuras, 54 divas. 54 is a very sacred number. 54 and 54 make 108. And why is 108 important or 54? Because the people of that time, and this is what we find throughout, the, throughout history and throughout cultures, understood the sacredness of the number 72. It takes 72 years for the earth to turn one degree on what we call the procession of the equinoxes. I'm not going to go into that today, but just recognize that half of 72 is 36. And when you add 72 and 36 together, you make 108. So these numbers that we believe are sewn in or built into all these sacred temples 
It's amazing that they tend to use these numbers, 54, 36, 72, 108, over and over again, really telling us we know about this. We know about this 26,000-year wobble of the earth and the effect it has on the consciousness of humanity. Okay, so you've got 52, 50, excuse me, 54, 54 pulling. And then what happens is that the mountain starts to sink. And along comes Vishnu again, and he puts Korma, the turtle, underneath the mountain to support it. And what this is saying is, you can have all the thoughts in the world, I want to create this, but unless you also are introspective and reflective and go inside yourself, find the foundation of your, of your desires, your whole ideas will just crash. They need to be coming from somewhere in, within you, and you need to keep checking that what you're doing is actually producing a result you want. If we just keep doing something and never are introspective or reflective, then everything just sinks. So here we are, we're churning the milk, we're using the right and left, or you should say, you know, the two sides, the duality. We've now supported our focus where we're going, which is the mountain, with the turtle, which is saying, and I am watching what's going on. And the first things that come out of the sea are poisons. And those poisons are our own inner poisons, those things which may come from other lives, ancestral, things we keep inside us. They may just be our anger or our, our, our disbelief in ourselves or believing we don't deserve anything. They don't have to be negative in that way. It's like, what are the things that we think for us about ourselves that can also destroy us? Where are we being mean to ourselves? And along comes Shiva, who, like the crone, is the great destroyer, and says, I will eat those things for you so that you don't have to carry them. But it isn't actually someone outside you. It's saying, you too need to meet those things and embrace them, eat them, so that they don't take control of your life. And the next things that come out are all the gifts, the siddhis that they call them, the, the gifts, the psychic gifts, your spiritual gifts. So as you're on your path, you become more psychic, more intuitive, but you're also helped by the gods and goddesses because to take them all on at once is too much. So they carry them for you. So sometimes we look back and we think, why wasn't I as intuitive as I was last year? You know, why didn't I, why didn't I know that then? Because you weren't able to, not just you weren't ready, but you weren't ready to deal with the power that comes from those gifts. I think that's a good way of saying it. We need to be able to own the power and know to be responsible with it. And that's what those gifts are that come out of the sea. And the last part of the story is about the seducers that come out. Pretty women or power or pride or whatever. And they come out to tempt us. And every story, every religious story has this temptation, isn't it? Temptations of Jesus, temptations of Buddha. All of these different traditions talk about how 
the masters of being tempted. And I think those temptations are there for all of us. You know, it's, there was a story that I heard from the Incas where you're pushing the boulder up the hill. And just as you get to the top of the hill, you go, look at me, I made it. And the boulder falls down again. And I think this is a really important one is where is my oh, elitism, my look, I've done it, or my lack of humility taking me in the direction. And I'm also aware of where am I proud about, I don't know, my achievements or not making a mistake or where do I carry arrogance and pride inside me? And those things are going to pull us down. It's not to become humble. That's also a pride in its own right. Look at me, I'm so poor, I'm nothing. That's not, that's pride as well. It's like, where do we put ourselves below or above someone else. And they are the things that are going to bring us down, make us drop the ball. And so once we deal with all of those, we are then given the chance to experience what else comes out of that water, out of that ocean, that sea, and that's Amrita, the milk of eternity, the immortal nectar. And that is the game or the aim of everyone. And interestingly, we know that Amrita is seen as liquid gold that comes out of the pineal or pineal gland when we reach that enlightenment. But we don't get there just by thinking about it. We have to bring the energy up through our chakras, through all the stages that I'm just talking about pride at the solar plexus, willfulness at the throat chakra, not loving ourselves. All of those chakras are teaching us we need to own each of those stages in order to find that path and that eternal nectar of immortality. So I wanted to share that with you just in a very relatively brief way. But I hope it gives you an idea that here, even though Angkor Wat was really created in about 1100s, around that time, what we understand is that in Cambodia, there is evidence of human existence, certainly going back 30,000 years. And if Graham Hancock and others are right, these temples that I went to were built on top of a plan that was set out 10,500 years ago. And so the plan is really the key to this, that all those years ago, we all knew how to reach these levels. And I'm not just saying 10,000 years ago, I'm saying 30,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, millions of years ago. We've just forgotten. So let us see that through coming together, through peacefulness, we have to own and accept other people's point of view, other people's ways, accept it within ourselves. And only when we work together will we find the harmony, the peace, and the prosperity that everyone deserves on this planet. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Heart Speak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. 
And please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Hard Speed.